I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hi, Lacey. <laughs> hey, Kippen. We gotta find a better way to start this podcast because... <laughs> always like we always talk before there's like a nice little gap and then it's like hey yes but welcome to one page more everyone um we're happy to be talking tonight and we are going to just jump right in here because this is gonna be long this book is epically long i actually did okay it has 490 pages is in this book so we just finished reading Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. And I, I think it's so funny. I guess it's not funny, but Pachinko is just, I, I don't know Japanese, but it doesn't strike me as a Japanese word. It it immediately reminded me of like a Russian word. Oh, I was thinking like Plinko, the game. Well, so I think I that's like it, what it know, was, was like based on. Association. Right. Yeah, I think Plinko is totally ripped off of Pachinko. Because it's the I, same type of game. I think it's such a fun, like, idea, like, like a catchy, mm-hmm. little, catchy little name that I'm like, oh, like it's... I, what was interesting to me is that she wanted this book to be called um, Motherland, but she said, like, by the end of the book, like, Pachinko itself was such a big theme. She changed it. Yeah. And I'm like, honestly, I see that. I could Pachin- see it away. Yeah, Patinko is, I think, a much more clever title for this book than Motherland. Plus, they, um, they leave the Motherland. They never go back to the Motherland. <laughs> I, look, there's the... I'm going to tell you right now. I freaking love this book. And the theme and some of the bad, like, great and terrible. And there were so many times where I kept catching myself and listening to this book and being like, oh, like, th- I've been listening to so many of these, like, fluff pieces where mm-hmm. there's like a real life scenario and I was like oh like they're gonna get out of it they're gonna live and it was literally like what like it yeah. was like so much more real life this yes book, I I just this is a, such a five star phenomenal read we hadn't even said what it's about yeah okay so <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a five star book for me as well it's a bestseller it came out in I think 2017 so it's been out for a while and they also made a netflix or no an apple Apple plus yeah tv series about it that we are also going to watch and review and we're so excited to do that but pachinko is kind of this epic historical historical fiction novel following a korean family that immigrates to japan um it starts way back in the in the 1910s and it goes all the way almost to like 1990, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's following all the little branch offs of this family tree. And it kind of starts with Sanja, the main character, um, getting pregnant and not being able to marry the baby's father. And that changes the course of her life. And that's why she needs to go to Japan and her children that she has and her husband and all of their lives and how um, the Japanese were very racist and hostile towards Koreans and how that affects their whole life and how they, and also that's like during world war two and the Korean war and just lots of stuff going on. I 
once I got maybe the first like hour into it, and it's long. This is audiobook is what like eighteen hours. I think we said. Mm-hmm. I just could not stop. The characters were so riveting. The stories are so riveting. I I'm trying to think. She had at least what ten to twelve narrators at different not narrators but um, characters that we would hear from their point of view. Yeah, she has a lot of characters, and she said herself that she wasn't really interested in having one main character. She likes to know the stories behind the the of the subplots, which I agree with her to an extent. I will say there was some maybe some trimming that could be done. Mm-hmm. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was also five stars. The beef that I have with it is not really even beef because I felt like even the parts that made me squirm or maybe I wasn't super comfortable with actually served the book and the story very well. Um, There is a particular way that this book is written. I feel like she has a really straightforward and plain writing style. It almost like when you first pick up the book, it's almost like a it's almost like a like a fairy tale or like a storybook feel like once there was a little boy and he had a cleft palate and da 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 and so when there are more adult themes in the book which there are many it kind of was jarring to me i agree there was there's a time or two even the wording of the what was going on was very heavy and i just was kind of like wow that's you're right, because it's very, it kind of flows until, yeah, you just kind of stop being tracked by like a shocking scene or something. Yes. And and in some ways, I'm like, maybe that was actually her whole design. I've never read anything else by Min Jin Lee. I'm assuming that's just her writing style is like, I mean, you get a really good <clears throat> picture of what's going on, but she's not a flowery writer. It's as long as it is. She's very succinct in how she describes things and how she keeps things moving forward. But yeah, it just it, it See, it's it's a very interesting style. I actually read a ton of like good read reviews after this. I just was so in, like engrossed uh-huh. by this whole story. And a lot of people brought out something that's so true where she would start you know that we were featuring this certain person and then like they get to, like a very very climatic point like let's say somebody dies and mm-hmm. then it just it stops there and then it totally jumps um to a new person and you're just kind of like left hanging from that like whatever's going on and so yeah it, she definitely jumps around a bit and has this like big stopping points which it really wasn't too much of a problem for me because she would always get back to it but because she had so much going on, I felt like <laughs> I can understand why people would get like, oh, like, I want to immediately hear what happened after that. And yeah. it, she would, it would take some time to kind of revert back to that. But I feel like so many books do that. And it's like, who actually gives you what you like? They want you to keep reading. Like, exactly. That's the whole right. thing, people. Cliffhangers are cliffhangers for a reason. It is a little jarring sometimes when she'll all of a sudden jump ahead like five years um, oh, but I mean, like, but that is crazy for right the big time gaps. Yes. There is, well, I cannot give it away, but there was just one save that I just was like, you cannot just leave this bomb and then yeah. continue moving on. Like, there's one more. thing very specifically that I was just like, I literally gasped. I mean, I rarely do that in books, and I was like, 
Kiffin, cleaning my I, kitchen and <laughs> gasped out loud. Let's skip the spoilers because I texted you the same thing and I wonder if we talk about the same thing or what. We got it. Well, hold on, hold on. Should you read it or should you listen to it? So we both listened to it. And because the this writing was so simple and straightforward and almost storybook-ish I was like is it just because of the narrator that I'm feeling this way because she has a very like innocent voice or is it just her style so I ended up downloading the ebook and I also just loved the book so I wanted to be able to finish it even quicker so I would like take breaks from listening and then I would read it in the evenings and like really zip through and actually, I felt like she was a great narrator. She really captured everything. And I loved that she was able to speak Korean and Japanese in ways that, like, sounded great. Um, and pronounce all the names very fluently. So, yeah. I say, as an exclusively English-speaking yes. reader, that was really hard for me at times. Where the the main daughter and mother their names are pronounced so similarly yes. and there were several times where they would use like i know like I'm a, i believe it's like japanese like endearment like san like at the end yes. of it or and, and, you know and literally just that where i'm like oh my like i had to like backtrack quite a bit to listen <laughs> but i mean so you know not not too terrible and kind of once they would like mention a character enough times i would kind of like associate that that sound of that name with somebody but that Meanwhile, imagine like a poor Japanese exchange student trying to get uh, Lacey and Lucille straight and <laughs> Pippin and Pippa, like throw them for a loop. Yeah, I I like I liked listening to the audio for that reason. The one thing that I did like about reading it was that when there was like actual dialogue in Japanese or um Korean I could look up exactly oh, what it Kindle? is <laughs> if only if only yes and several a lot of times when you read books that are like more geared towards like English speaking like you know they'll put like after that like whatever uh-huh. the, whatever it means so yeah you're right she did do that several times and I was definitely like oh what's being said I don't know there's one word um oh my gosh there's Ob- one word that they Ob- say Ob- in Gato. Japanese I knew obrigado. Uh, oh my gosh! Basically, they kept they would say "sue." I think it was like "sue, sue," yeah. and that means truth. And so oh. once I figured that out, I was like, "Oh yeah," because they'd say something and they'd be like, "Oh sue," it's like, "Oh yeah, that's true." Yes, you're okay. right. Like, kind of validating. And so that was one of them that popped up a lot. Um, and then there were some other ones that I just don't even know. <laughs> there was um, so. Well, well, I'll, I can't even say. There's so much. There's too much to say. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I am ready to jump into spoilers. Okay. I did give my. I have the ebook still, and I have like a few little bookmarks. Um, but <laughs> I would say another like more spoilery summation of this book. I, I wrote down this quote, it was early on, I think somebody in like the fish market was talking to Sinja, and she goes, a woman's life is suffering and more suffering, it's better to expect it. It was like the seaweed lady mm-hmm. talking to Sinja, and I, 
I mean, that is really the drum That's a of huge this theme. entire book. It's <laughs> that theme, that exact quote is verbatim mentioned at least two or three times. Yes. Uh, because I kept, of course, every time I'd hear that, I know that what they're saying, like, according to the time is right, but I'm also, like, rolling my eyes, like, oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Um, it, it did kill me whenever, like, multiple times throughout this whole book, whenever all these, I mean, everybody's suffering, and then the women, it's like, they're doing, like, back-breaking labor, and pregnant, and, like, forced to stay at home, and, like, the threat of rape, and, like, all these horrific things, and it's like, oh, plus also, keep your virtue, don't sell, you know, just like, oh. Uh-huh. Come on. Yep. Very so much going. Very interesting. Just starting off, I actually loved the little like the intro of um Hooney, the the like oldest father mm-hmm. with his little with his club foot, this little cleft palate, and like how beloved he was by his parents because like he was like the only living child and there's so much that's another theme in the book where it's like you're not really supposed to be like superbly affectionate like it's just mm-hmm. not like I guess culturally appropriate but like his family just loved him so much and like yes like you know like he's considered like quote deformed by you know the society back then but they're like but he he works twice as hard as any other man and I was just like oh love you honey the other thing throughout this whole book is there's like a line of um christianity comes into their life and like how different that is and they specifically said that huni was not only not christian i don't even think he really like he was not no he was not religious in any way he didn't yeah. believe in spirits or any yes. other like cultural norms right but yet he was like one of the most compassionate and like loving and hardworking characters then but you also have like a christian character that's basically like jesus so it was I was really too held up even before that. Whenever it started talking about like all almost all of their kids were born with cleft palates, mm, I had to look yeah. up. I, so I'm pretty sad. sure, Kippen. I'm pretty sure it was. I can't remember. It was either two or eight percent, but I think it was actually two percent. Like so, like genetically, I was like, she shouldn't have had three kids with a cleft palate. <laughs> like, what what's going on here? Um, but yeah, and that I mean. The amount of themes within this book, like child loss was such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And it kept making me think about what is the little, like, is it the hundred day ceremony that Koreans celebrate? Like, because of whenever they like had this big party for the baby, because it was so uncommon for the babies to live that long. Oh so my like, gosh. I, everybody in this book either was barren or had multiple child losses. Like it was... Wow wild to me that you know every time you turn around somebody's got like a poor little dying baby uh well i'm i'm pretty sure that koreans are the ones that like really dote on new moms too right i you're right i have yeah, yeah yes yes where they like can't leave the house yes or I like they literally have like um well now they they have like these hotels where you go and stay after the birth of or you can stay after the birth of your baby and you stay there and they like feed you like seaweed soup and take care of you and take care of the baby. And it honestly sounds like literally the most magical thing in the whole world. If listen, <laughs> if I had the money <laughs> and I was a Korean citizen with the way I would, mm-hmm. I can't even describe it. Oh, how <sighs> wonderful. But see, that's, that's uh, awesome because back then these poor women are literally spitting out babies. And then the next day, 
I'm, there's a scene was what happens. Somebody does something and has a baby and then they have to like go, like just wake up and go to work. It's like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Life goes on. I, the amount of physical labor that the Stunjin and Yinja were doing together to keep their like 500 square feet foot little house mm-hmm. running was crazy. I think at one point, um, after Huni dies, like they're taking over running this little boarding house and it's only three or four little, like a four square room type of thing. And actually I used to live in a little tiny 900 square foot house, which was very adorable. And with me and my husband and one child, it was, it still felt small. But do you remember when we like brought Lorelai home from the hospital and you guys and and Camille were over and we were all like trying to crowd into our tiny living room and it's just like there is just no room for even six people. Kippen, they had ten people there. They had I six know. borders. <laughs> they had the six borders, the two donkey and bulky and then but they're little like hired <laughs> yes. servant girls and then them, golly. Well, I thought it was so crazy too, whenever she was talking about them sleeping in shifts. Uh-huh. I, I I've heard of that happening um I've heard of like that happening up here, like oh, was this horrible expose on like dairy farms where they're having like um, a ton of immigrants working and they're like having a switch off and they just flip the pillow side to side. But I mean, like you know, really crazy like working and living conditions. Um, but I, one of the reasons I always love books like this is it's just so like powerful the way they tell the story of like yeah people that just like okay we we got to keep going like there's a whenever um there's a part where it talks about like everything is like like inflation i what at this time korea um has been taken over by japan i don't think world war ii started yet but all this stuff's going on inflation's going on it's the great depression all over the world and they're like she's like yeah like you know unfortunately the money they're bringing in has really not like risen at all because they're not making any more money, but they still expect me to feed them just as well as they did before. So, you know, she's like, I, you know, I got to make ends meet. I've, (laughs) I've got an even smaller amount of money to deal with, but I still got to make do. Well, it's interesting. The landlord dynamic of like when the women are the landlords, they don't seem to have much power, but later when they're in Japan and there's like, male landlords it's like everybody is at his mercy and again it goes back to like women did not have any power or respect at this time it's like yes you are living in my house and I am feeding you and you are paying me to be here but I still am like working like a dog to keep you like it said at some point that they they swept and hand washed the floor twice a day I, I thought I thought part of that also was just that they sh- were just truly like exceptional housewomen. Like there's one scene at the very end where they can't believe that like someone doesn't clean, and it's just so foreign because it's so like yeah, it was integral, right? And like a part of their daily life. I was like, what do you mean? Like you don't cook, you don't clean, like right? I, what, I mean, what kind I of do, woman are you? I think that's true. And then when who is it? Isaac comes. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, his brother had stayed there ten years before and was like, this is the best boarding house I've ever been in. You gotta stay here. So I'm sure that you are correct to an extent but I feel like because they're women they have no choice like they have to be better than everybody else because 
they cannot like this is the only way that they can afford to live and like keep their home and everything that they love um i am very interested in how the how the um show is going to portray the relationship between Suja or Sunja and um Kohansu because oh. my okay so you realize that Sunjin is pregnant and her mom is like kind of livid about it but also doesn't know what the heck to even do and they have they're not even speaking which is again crazy because they're living in this like tiny close quarters or whatever they like share a bed i mean yes very yes but like (sighs) kohansu literally the classic grooming of sunjin who i think was 15 i think she was 16 let me tell you i there was a there was a point where I got to listen to this book and I could not stop. He is the evil Rhett Butler. I, (laughs) for a multitude of reasons, like I said, the evil one, you know, Rhett Butler real life, you know, like he's a scumbag, but you love him. But this, right. Because at first, whatever, Sunshine to me always was like an enigma because it's kind of weird. Like, her father died. She's very close to her father. Her, uh, you know, she's. It sounded mm-hmm. like close to her mother, but then, like, as the story unravels, it's like, oh, but they really don't talk regularly, anyways. Like, she's very like shut off, fairly quiet person. Yeah. And then, yeah, when she's pregnant, it's even more so. They when they're talking about him, or as soon as he's like mentioned, I can definitely see how she is like enamored. Yeah. She's she said to be kind of plain, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Little, you know, it talks about she's kind of like a thicker, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, it just makes it sound like she's not very, like, I don't know, attractive by the day's standards. I picture her as just, like, middle of the road, like, pretty enough, but n- not beautiful. Right. Which, honestly, I like it, to hear about, like, an average kind of gal. <laughs> this was also really weird whenever it's talking about, like, the initial infatuation and Kohansu, like compares her to his mother and his aunt and like body top and like how much he just like loves basically like to look at her i don't what it's the details at first are so spare sparse sparse. because it's like you know it's all from her perspective and she's so new and young and like naive Mm -hmm. and like I just can't be like what like I just wasn't really sure what was going on at first where it's like he's like hey I'm what do you call himself your brother your uncle or your big brother it was like yeah some like familial term and it just got such like a like oh like right away I know let's come hang out like uh, you know let's turn this little stone if we if I'm here that way you'll know that or I'll see that and I'll know that you were thinking of me and I'll turn it and you'll know that I was thinking of you, you know, like, yeah. so, but it was so believable to me that she would just immediately be like, oh, rich, rich man, super handsome. Like he's, you know, all eyes on me. Like, mm-hmm. of course I'll sleep with him. And of course I'm thrilled to have his child. And oh, well, and she was just like hook, line and, line and sinker as only a literal tiny child teenage girl be. yes Very sheltered teenage girl i know What's and i mean that? i think kohansu is in his 30s at that time he at one kippen at one point he says i'm twice your age 
Yeah. I believe it was 17 and 34, I think is what it was. Because she's it was 16. even more like, oh, yeah. Okay, maybe it's 16 and 32. Oh. So anyway, he knocks her up. And then, of course, what was even crazier to me is that he actually does seem to care deeply about her I... in his own pedophilic way because he was he's totally ready and willing to make her his official mistress keep her in like a little house in korea so that he can have his wife back in japan and his family and he can have his new wife and hopefully pack of sons out in korea i actually was really stunned by that because pretty much after he slept with her i was like oh, i will never see him again yeah. and then he came back and then like he was like pursuing the relationship and i was like okay i gotta get to him like i really thought this was going to be like a wham bam thank you ma'am mm-hmm. never see you again right but yeah he he definitely wanted the the second wife and it also seemed like i was saying like is that culturally like okay like you know sunjun was like absolutely not but he was just kind of like yeah like what's the big deal you know so i was like i, I think it's classic to me, after reading the whole book, it seems like very classic for extremely wealthy men to have lots of mistresses just like everywhere else. And like, obviously, there's like the whole geisha culture in Japan of men going to tea houses and being, you know, wined and dined by geisha, but also sleeping with them. So I culturally, I think that that's yes, but then Sunjin lives in like a tiny speck mm-hmm. of a town i was more surprised and also like bravo like applauding with how strongly and like vehemently she was against that she point. never considered it i uh-uh. could not believe that yes not even like, for girl, a second. in your shoes most people would have Yes. I mean, you know, even if you wouldn't go through with it, you'd at least think like, well, dad, go on, like, I'm fixing to have this man's child and I'm going to uh-huh. be like cast out. And they're already seen as, I mean, I, this was something I also kind of couldn't get over. And I, because I don't have a lot of like knowledge of uh, Asia much at all, like, you know, historically mm-hmm. or their history where it was talking about like, you know, they're living in Korea and they're second class citizens. I'm like, wow, like this is the segregation and mm-hmm. the, the the racism within their own country was so serious. It was just yep. nuts to me. And it's, yeah, it was, she had no other plan either. Like she just knew she couldn't do it. Like her, yes, her absolute dedication to that's not right. My father did not raise me like that mm-hmm. was, <laughs> there's me. <laughs> was yes it was amazing okay um, so in jumps um, yes oh as isaac i wrote down isaac isaac i mean i know it was isaac but like oh yeah it is they say isaac i guess all of the basically all of the people in his family have like biblical names but then they're all pronounced more like right. a Korean or japanese way so yeah isaac um his last name is beck and the handsome thought, foreigner. Yes. Handsome dying foreigner. <laughs> sickly foreigner. I know. <laughs> tall, dark, and sickly. Um, he had already been there for like three months, right? Like he basically shows up, gets tuberculosis, and they're like, Well, 
we got to take care of him. <laughs> I wonder, did he get it? I think he already had it. I thought, at least he had some sort of ailment back home. Yeah. He was so like sheltered. But yeah, he sh- basically shows up on the doorstep, pays his rent, and mm-hmm. then like immediately, like, it, you know, he's telling him, like, oh, look, I'm going to be a minister in Osaka and I'm just going to make this trip and I got to stay here. And then, yeah, immediately for three months, can't leave bed. Yeah. I, I nurse him to help. I would have liked a little tiny speck of like, and Sunjin and me had like a nice, like long look over whatever. But I guess that's the whole point. Is he literally? Wants she wasn't. To- hold on. There's no way this woman. This woman was infatuated with Cole Hansu for literally like fifty five years. She's not giving this man a second look. I guess There's you're no right. Way. Not a chance. I- I don't know. I mean, yes, she has to have an active relationship with him. So I guess you're right. I just, I would have liked a little bit more. I think you're right. It needed more, but. Especially because their relationship turns out to be like extremely sweet and like loving. That's (laughs) the other thing that kind of surprised me. It's like they, for the short time that they're together, they have a very happy and loving relationship. And it's like, seems to be very healing for Sunjin. Even if she feels kind of guilty about it. I don't know. Um, but he basically, like, the mom confides in him because he's a pastor that her his do- her daughter's pregnant. And he's like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is my calling in life. I need to marry this girl and bring her out of obscurity because these people were so kind to me. Um this is the second book I know that focuses on the book of Hosea, where Hosea marries uh, Rahab. <laughs> uh, I, the second, I just was like, wow, like this actually is kind of crazy to me. By the uh, way, is this author Christian? What do you think? Um, I'm going to say no, like not, I don't, I wouldn't say she's terribly Christian if she is Christian at all. I do know, and I'm only saying this because of a stereotype from Gilmore Girls, that (laughs) many Koreans are very Christian, and if they are Christian, they're like hardcore Christian. In fact, there's a Christian, there's a Korean Christian church close to the stake center of our church here in Jacksonville. Yomi Park, the girl that wrote... um... Uh, in order to live it ended up being like a hardcore christian there you go <laughs> yeah i just felt like she spoke so positively about christians the whole time i yeah. just really was like wow like i mean she no she was was she throwing some heavy shade towards japan left and right <laughs> constantly i mean like you know all the classism racism but like whenever it came to christianity she literally put it on like a i don't know like a golden platter and just was like it's wonderful i felt like multiple times like there's definitely a lot of like savior complexes going on and i felt yes like well yeah all like the good christian folks of the bunch that's what i mean like isaac is definitely the jesus of this book for a little while at least but on the flip side she did kind of put in the good old-fashioned christian guilt thing because whenever isaac takes sunjin to get married like that awful oh pastor is like you need to like do you know how wretched and awful you are and 
he, you don't deserve him and you need to take Jesus into your heart and all this stuff. Ugh. Right. Isaac is sacrificing himself for you. So please. Seriously. Which I, and I actually really like, and we got to really fast forward this, but I really like Isaac's conversation with her where it was like very like, like, you know, he's like, I want you to love God, but I also want to know, like, could you ever love me? And then yeah. she kind of was like, yeah, like I'm going to give up on Kohan. So like this man's really going to like take me in and like, mm-hmm. and as they move to Osaka, like, yeah, you're right. They have, I'm trying to think how long they're together, maybe like six years or so. And they just yep. have like a really wonderful, like, time together and like love one another and like seem to just be so, it's like, I mean, very um, reminiscent of like Huni and um, Hanjin. Hanjin. Anyways, her mother and father. Yeah. Yes. Who also had like a great relationship where I just, yes. like, oh, like, you know, I'm so happy that she got. A little bit of happiness. No, that made me. That made me. I know that made me happy too. Of course, until Isaac is literally thrown into prison while she has two small children at home, (laughs) and then um, she has Noah, her first child, and then later, who everyone loves. That's another like really sweet thing. Like they move in with her uh, new BFF, Kyung. Kyungkim? Is that his Kong- name? Kyung- Kanki and, Kyung- and then Yosub. Yeah, her brother-in-law. Um, they live with them and they're all they're like, they can't have children. They're also Christian. And her and Kyunghee really like become besties, which is very sweet. Again, going against the grain of the wicked, you know, Sis, barren sister in law, or whatever. So, <laughs> I was so happy. And yes. two, they talk a lot about like the culture of like if you're, uh, if you're, you know, basically you can be treated so poorly by your in laws mm-hmm. and there's no like repercussions. And yes. like, like, oh, like they're never treated bad. Like her mother wasn't, she wasn't, like they're really like brought in and treated as family. Yeah. And how it makes them so tight knit because of it. Totally. Anyways, love them. Yosub, no. let me tell you, I was ready to square up with this man multiple times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, obviously he's great and all. He really like looks out for Isaac and all the rest of the family. He names Noah, all this good stuff. But whenever they were struggling so much financially, and he pitches such a fit about the woman or any of the women working, especially yeah. his wife, I just was like, son, take a bite of this humble pie because y'all are fixing to starve to death. Well, and not even the working. There's a part where Yosef had, had, you get your first look into the Yakuza, which is like the mob in Japan, when these two thugs or three thugs show up on their doorstep and they're like, hey, your husband Yosef borrowed money and we're coming to collect. And basically back when um Sungjin or Sunjin was with Kohansu, he gave her like a really expensive watch and then she decides to pawn it because she's smart. And I love that she can like haggle with the best of them. I was like, yes, Wrong. girl. <laughs> um and Kyunghee knows that Yosef is gonna be upset about it, but they do it anyway. They get the money, they pay it off. But like the fact that he would be so ticked off that she sold something that belonged only to her that had nothing to do with him. I mean, I get that it's his debt, but still, like, y- what? 
Well, and the big thing is too that I love that she mentioned uh, uh, Sunja is that she talks about like, hey, my dad told me that the interest is just going to grow and grow and grow mm-hmm. and be so exorbitant, we won't be able to pay it back. So like, she really used like immediate common sense. So it was also like, hey, like, you know, she's this month, is she's like 40 weeks pregnant. Like she's yes. due any second. And so it's like, I don't want these people like hammering on my door, like, no. you know, about to come like take, you know, my brother-in-law in the middle of the night, who's like the primary breadwinner, by the way. Yeah. Right. He, he was just driving me absolutely crazy. And, and I wanted them to have their kimchi business. You know, I was just like, come Seriously. on. It was, it was sweet and also kind of nuts to me how Yoseb literally loved his brother so much and would do anything to support him in his kind of um, unhelpful desire to be a minister. Like, he was not I, making barely any. I mean, they came from a wealthy family, and I guess that's why. And he'd always well, he was a sickly and, child, so I think yeah. that might give you, you know, if if you're constantly teetering on like, is my only living brother gonna die? And you know, it's like maybe you'll yeah. cut a little bit more slack than usual. <laughs> and I also really loved Conky. Conky was such a like integral part of the story later in life, and or uh, later on, and it was just so nice that she had somebody because like for such a long time you know like Yosef working a lot and then Isaac's either in uh working all the time or either he's up and in the prison or either he's dead like mm-hmm. all this stuff's going on and it was it talks about like neither one of them expected to like have this kind of friendship and I was just yeah that makes me so happy that you have somebody that you're just not so lonesome it's true and she is very very beautiful oh they say that several times during the book <coughs> she's a great aunt to the boys mm-hmm. um noah and muzazu and it literally there was like they literally had to explain that muzazu is a translation from moses before i understood <laughs> because i literally was like okay like i get it noah noah right yeah muzazu i was like who i literally was racking my brain for every old testament prophet, who does like, who right, like, what is going on here there's a really sweet scene um where I don't know, Sunjin is doing something, cooking dinner or whatever, and it talks about Kyunghee like has the baby on her back and is just like walking around and doing stuff with him. And then she Sunjin comes in just to, like get him to nurse him, and then he gives she gives him back to Kyunghee to like take care of. And I was like, gosh, that would just it would be so nice. And I love just I don't know, there's like a closeness there that you only know if you're like a mom and you have someone that's like close like a sister-in-law or a sister to share that with and how important it is and later i'm trying to think so when where is it they absolutely have to start working after isaac has died and it's It's, just like no they're they start working when isaac is in prison basically they just can't go on like the war is just sucking the life out of everyone. And so Mazazu is really little, like tiny little, because he, um, Noah, is, is Noah like five or six, I guess? Yeah, I think Noah was six and he was tossed in jail. And I think yeah. Mazazu was like just a few months old. Right. And so to make up, at that point, Sunjin is kind of like, okay, I got to start str- strategizing here. Like, love my husband, but honestly, we'll probably never see him alive again. 
if I have to take my two children back to Korea, I don't want to go mm-hmm. empty-handed. I got to start doing something. And so Kyunghee had always wanted to do kimchi business. So she just basically starts. And of course, Yosib won't let Kyunghee do it. But she's like, we'll cook it together. I'll sell it. Then she's out there in the open air market, like trying to sell kimchi. I wrote down a note, by the way, that Yosef said in his like little monologue how he's scared that he's going to die and they won't be able to make ends meet. And I literally was like, how dare you? <laughs> you, you, you're like, yeah, I hope I don't die, but I'm going to leave you absolutely with no option if I do die. Like, you'll have this like house that's a little shack, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So later you find out that like Hansu had kind of been ever since she pawned the watch, which I'm still not totally sure how he found her, but he finds Sunjin, figures out that he's got a son. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just... Did you suspect that that is why she got that, like, nice, sweet little deal, you know, making pickles and kimchi and stuff for the restaurant? I, whenever... Whenever it was revealed that it was Kohansu, that is the part that I literally was like, oh, yeah, cannot be. That is, <laughs> I, I, had, I, I had to stop the book and be like, you're effing line. Because this has been, I'm trying to think, it was around eight plus years. Yes. Isaac had already come home from prison, died after they like cut the mm-hmm. lights off of him and everything. Yeah. And yeah, she's working at this really nice little restaurant and Kohansu comes in and is like, I want you to take our sons. He doesn't even say son, by the way. He said sons. Yes. I misheard. Yes, and it's like, he did. I'm going to put you on this, like, was it a potato, sweet potato farm or something or other? And, like, I want you to, and he also, like, that was hope. That was where I kept getting, like, Rhett Butler vibes because Rhett Butler literally multiple times came in and, like, saved Scarlet. Mm-hmm. And, like, with his carpetbagger ways. And, but, like, not only that, but, like, they both had, like, great wisdom where there were so many times where he would, just like, oh, this war's not fixed very soon. Or like, Korea's fixed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. terrible, t- t- tumultuous times. Or North Korea's being taken over by dictators. Like, several times where I was like, seriously. Like, he, he was like this, like, oracle that was like literally speaking. You know, I was like, yeah. He's a tiny bit too knowledgeable there, son. But, but no, I had no clue. It was to me an amazing twist in the story. And it furthered the story along. Like, absolutely. Like, it had to happen. But I just did not see it coming for a mile. Yeah, I I wasn't crazy shocked by that part, but I was surprised. Like it I didn't realize that that's what where she was going. I actually wasn't positive that Hanzu would ever show up again in this novel. I kind of thought that he was going to be a blip. I it didn't occur to me that he was going to be as powerful as he turns out to be. And in fact, like you're saying that he's like this oracle figure. I was actually really grateful for some pretty uh violent slash horrific scenes later in this book involving hanzu like beating a prostitute in his car i did not get that i that was like it was extremely graphic right but i bring it up now because if when you're just going through this book da 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 you know that he's like a yak like he's a yakuza he's not trustworthy he you know, is I mean, mired we know he some... took advantage, right, of this yes. like young teen, impregnated her, and then was just like surprise, right? I've got to watch three children. 
but there's just no other hint of yeah evil in him and violence and so you kind of needed that to be like just hold on a second like you need to remember who this person really is it's because whenever he rescued i i was really so grateful Yes, these characters that I come to love, Noah and Mazazu, like he took them under his wing, and they were being like happily, like well fed at this other place, and they were making a lot of money. And you're right. So in the perspective, it's like, oh, he's the good guy. Like he came in and he saved the day. And I actually was thinking to myself, I was like, well, like if she ends up with him, because you know throughout the book, Mm -hmm. several times she mentions like she's still thinking of him, and like she wishes she wouldn't, but she still is. And I was like, well, I guess Isaac's dead. Like, she shouldn't have to be, right? you know, lonely for the rest of her life. But, yeah, then, like, he, like, beats the the woman with him up. Like, Ugh, so, and so what horrible. was even worse, even worse, I mean, like, that was obviously terrible. But then it, like, tells about, like, what's going to happen to her for the rest of her life. Where it's like, Seriously? oh, she's ugly now. So now she's sold to this, like, horrible brothel. <laughs> well, she'll have a good five years there. And after that, like you know, she'll be all used and washed up and like, what else will she do? Who knows? Who cares? You know, I was like, my gosh, like, please stop. Like, how horrific. Okay. So, Cole Hansu sends them all to this little place. Who's also there is Yosub, who has had like a debilitating, um, Oh my gosh, the uh, burn. Burn, right. And literally is like, changed for the worse. And who once had like this great demeanor, no, I shouldn't even say great, but like he was who never rose or raised his voice and now suddenly is like in such excruciating pain like he's you know well, crazy as much of a stick in the mud as he is he and Kyunghee like had a wonderful loving relationship like he no, was very Josh, respectful and he was a great character <laughs> yes I don't know it's, I really struggle with like storylines like this I know that these are very real situations that happen a lot but it these are the types of these are the reasons why I don't tend to pick up books about things like World War II because I don't want to read a book about a person who is burned and in pain and can't work and has to be cared for for the rest of their life like and, Kyung- right. and they're scared to give becomes... him opiates and they're like yes. you know all kinds of he can't even have those because he had there's like I none know. that may be so well i thought well the big thing is they were like hey like he will literally beg and plead for these like yeah. we're gonna give you a little bit because he's in such agony but then like yeah leave it alone so while they're on the potato farm like i i realized that sunjin was working really really hard and then like Hanzu goes the extra mile brings her flipping mother from Korea this That's is why you this is why you begin to like him yes though, exactly because he does really nice things although yep. I say that five minutes after that he lies to Conky and, yep. and she, she at one point she totally pegs it um sunshine does where she's talking to Cole Hansu and she's like you are so selfish because Cole Hansu is like oh I maybe I could try to get Conky's parents but it would be like a too much of a hassle and mm-hmm. they're probably already dead so I'm just gonna lie to her and say they're already dead anyways yeah so you know so it's like if he's so self-serving where he he really does care for sunshine and he knows that she wants her mom there so you begin to like him but at the end of the day like yeah like he's still not a great person yeah and he the just, book the book drips out those little like lies and deceit and selfish stuff because 
as much as he loves or it's not really about loving Sunjin. It's more of like a mutual respect towards Sunjin, but he's obsessed with this idea of an heir and like keeping Noah. And then he has like this like, weird nostalgic horniness towards Sunjin. Because... <laughs> he's, he's 70 or 80 years old. That is so messed up. I'm like, please let it go, son. But Plus, again, at this point, he's had so many mistresses and he's yes. had a wife for 50 years. But like, Ooh. I think that she's probably the only person in his entire life that has told him no. You, he talks about it too, where she she was like almost like I mean, she was she was such like a naive girl and she loved him and he felt that like adoration and love and I think he was constantly trying to like chase and like have that exact same thing yeah. and like but unfortunately like he broke the spell like as soon as he said like oh you're actually like a girl on the side for me right. she was like oh okay like well it's over with but he always wanted her to be that like doe-eyed like mm-hmm. virginal 17 year old again yeah and, you know she just wasn't yeah, it's just all the nostalgia. I while she's working on this farm, also she's like churning it out. That the old farmer is like, Y'all can stay as long as you want. Because they literally are like working. You can be my servant. And and again, that's where I'm like, okay, Hanzu, if you really like were so determined to take care of them, did you really have to make them work in the fields? Like he could have said a little a firmer hand like hey I don't want them to be doing this I don't think he gave a dang at all I no, think he, he was doesn't. thinking like yeah like they're safe like his daughters I'm sure weren't doing it but right. like, he was like they're safe and I will say I was glad they're there because they were like making money and they yes. were able to like save up and you know eventually go back and mm-hmm. and all they were all well fed and taken care of I actually look back at that and think that was such a good time of their life like yes they're being like workhorses essentially I- I think it was especially good. It was probably like the happiest time I would assume in Mizazu and Noah's childhood. For sure. Childhood. I mean, Hanzu would show up every once in a while and like bring them uh, comic books. And at this point, Noah, it's interesting that Noah, Noah's personality develops to be a lot more like Isaac or Isaac's mm-hmm. personality. Whereas Mizazu is like, the type eight, you know, Hanzu right. type child who is very bold and very loud and uh, eats a bunch of food and just kind of like a fun, whereas Noah is very serious, very studious, very determined. Very scholarly. We didn't talk about it, but there was this point when Isak comes back from prison and he dies very shortly where like Noah wants to stay home from school and just like be with his father and his dad's like no you you have to go to school like you have to be a good student or whatever and he literally like dies that day or something it just when I was listening to that I was like okay I get it right you're trying to teach your child that like that's the most important thing but I also was like take a little bit of Mm-hmm. compassion for your son that has like longed for you to be home for years and years yep. who well, sees you for you know uh, it's setting up that trauma that will literally haunt him until the day he dies he and I was thinking they he he didn't even idolize I felt like Kohantu too too much Noah for uh-huh. that you know, like obviously at this point he doesn't know it's his father like he right. liked him but he was kind of like 
he's my benefactor. Like, you know, like whatever. And I, yeah, I noticed the same thing where it was like his, the nature versus nurture. And he definitely was just like so much like Isak, where it's like very, he really wanted to be educated. Like Kohansu <laughs> mm-hmm. was like smart, but he was like naturally like smart. Like he'd never been like educated like yeah. formally or anything. And he just kind of picked up like tricks of the trade. But <sighs> Noah, I, as we like follow along with Noah and like he finds out, then I skip any big thing if I go on to him. No, basically the war ends. There is this moment that sticks out as very important in my like understanding of who Noah is, where the Hanzu shows up with like the American GIs and they don't know that like Hanzu is with them. And freaking Noah is literally like, here y'all, and like handing out the sharpened sticks about to attack them himself because they've told him that like it's literally better for you to kill yourself than to have an American take you or whatever. And he's like arming his little brother and (laughs) about to go out there. Whereas I think Mazazu is like a little more curious about like the redheaded soldier or whatever. But anyway, Noah is just setting it up perfectly of like, he is just this very black and white creature. Preacher's kid. Yeah, for real. Um so yes so he ends up going off to college uh cole hansu ends up being like his benefactor and paying for him mm-hmm. of course he's like wow like i can't believe this huge insanely nice apartment that's completely furnished is offered at such a low cost i literally was like sir uh well, <laughs> as he smart as you are he has the i think he really does just internally i believe that he had no clue because I think he is so black and white that I feel like his, he believed that his mother would have told him or his own personal sense of right and wrong is so defined. I don't think for and he sees who his mom is, right? Like she's such a hard worker. She's so honest. She is obviously I mean, like, and she loved his father so he yes. probably would have taken it as such like a personal dig at right his but i i think she he just like puts her on such a pedestal that he could never have imagined the two of them being together and two even i think he put his father on a pedestal when it came out oh about my the fact that every thursday Oh, why am I about not to tear? My gosh, I can't stand this. <laughs> that he was going to see his daddy's grave. Oh, oh. my word. I just was like, <laughs> Noah. Well, let's talk oh. about Noah and Akiko. I could not stand Akiko. That was is this his a girlfriend. College, this is his college girlfriend. Like, oh, he, the trash. At first, I get it. Like, she's this very vivacious, uh, counterculture type girl he meets at school. And keep keep in mind that he's had literally no friends besides Mozazu his entire life like he has no friends he has no social life he stay keeps to himself he doesn't really want anyone to know that he's Korean so he won't talk to the Koreans the whole thing and I get why he's attracted to Akiko but when she just shows up at that meal with Hanzu I knew it was going to be bad news like oh of course I just I can't he ran imagine the field. doing that. I was like, he, you spoiled brat. The second that, like, he, like, as soon as it was done, he realized, or she she realized that he was Korean, and that he was always going to be, like, 
almost like a little pet where it's like, oh, like my Korean. Yes. Like, I don't care that you're Korean. Who cares you're Korean? You're Korean. I, you know, like literally yes. the, the nonstop, like, you know, and he's literally like looking over his shoulder kind of, you know, like, uh-huh. okay, I'm trying to be as discreet as possible, you fool. I, yeah. I just couldn't get Trash. over where she's like, why is it a big deal that I came? It's just like a night out at a sushi restaurant. Like my parents do this all the time. Whereas for Noah, who doesn't even like, he doesn't even enjoy it. That was the other thing. Hanzu would come and take him out. And it just shows you how much like Hanzu doesn't actually understand Noah at all. Wow. He would like want to wine and dine him. And Noah is like dying just to like eat some porridge or whatever and go home and sleep and read his books but he Noah is such a humble character and compared oh, to Kohansu yes. who wants this extravagant exorbitant mm-hmm. and he wants to shower his son yeah and yeah you're right he's but he's not like him he wasn't raised no. by him he doesn't have those attributes although Noah can't seem to see that I this is where the book really took a turn for me with I just was like I understand the sense of honor is so wildly different in this culture, but man alive, like just the bender that Noah goes on after Akiko was like, you know, that's your dad, right? Like, that's why you didn't want me to meet him is because you have this Yakuza father, like go back to the pachinko parlor and it just literally blows his mind. I uh, I really hated that that was the way that it was introduced. I understand, right? And if I was his mama, would I have maybe ever shared? Probably not, like, no. voluntarily. Like, no, like, you're happy that was your father, and I'm going to keep it that way. I just but, don't even know when she would have told him. I, I mean, you're right. She's every five seconds, she's having to, like, save the household from going under. Seriously. She's working like a dog selling her little candy on the you know side of the street that you I get in the if, restaurant if we're looking at it through a modern lens like maybe when he's like 12 and they're living on the farm she could sit him down and right, be like i know gone. this is very hard but your uncle hanzu that brings you uh calvin and Hobbes every couple of months is actually your dad you know what i mean but like in you know 1950s uh japan yeah right I don't even know if even then, because I'm like, what, like, Cole, or Cole, uh, Hansu hasn't even, like, admitted it, right? Like, yeah, he's no. Kinda, and that actually is really shocking to me that he wouldn't right away want to be like, hey, let me tell you, you're my child. You're yeah. actually my son. You know, as opposed to, like, the I'm only just pay your way. The only respect that he actually shows to Sunjin is not telling him. And Yosef is the one that clocks it first as he calls him out mm-hmm. on it. But they also look a lot alike. As, yep. as Noah gets older, they say he looks exactly like Hansu. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I also I, was thinking about that, about like specifically thinking about like how the honor was such, such a huge, um, what am I trying to say, like pillar that, yes. and, and like Asian, like that's what I just kept saying, like, okay, like in Asian culture, like that, maybe that could be true where you really would just <laughs> leave your entire life behind because uh. of one secret i mean and not not that it's a small secret right i mean i understand no. it's like a huge deal but yeah the fact that 
he kind of couldn't understand that his mother was going through so much in like times of war and like in living in a new country and also being like the inferior quote inferior like race within the society i just was like you're really the inferior sex within the inferior race (laughs) he he has shown so much respect and love to his mother up until now and it is just oh she's stunned Sunjun is completely stunned by his response because she's like this can't be my child that's like you know so thoughtful and caring and you know the tutor for his brother and like all these like wonderful things that he does and suddenly he like flips and not only does he flip but he moves to another city Mm -hmm. and she uh doesn't see him for what is it 12 years uh longer than that maybe it is 12 years but that really just made me feel sick that he literally never goes back i mean he sends like his little and the fact that he still sends them money and like sends them at first like letters or something i think a note saying i'm alive or i'm well here's his money i I mean if you're gonna cut people it's almost like noah felt like he needed to suffer you know was he suffering i don't i don't know he was living a fake life i don't think he was ever actually happy I don't, I guess what I mean is, I don't know about suffering. He seems like content with like, he yeah. becomes, he, you know, becomes essentially Japanese and yeah. he's working in this, and I couldn't hardly believe it. He quit school, he has his dream and then works this pachinko parlor where I was like, really? Like, right. Cause it kept, you know, the, before the chat, before that, we find out like Mizazu, that's what he's doing. But he's so happy to do it because he hated school and right. he thinks it'll be fun and exciting. And we're like, Noah's just like, well, this is my lot in life now. I I think that Noah, once he realized that Co- that Hanzu was his real dad, was just like, well, I'm just like trash, not because yeah. he's Korean, but because his dad is Yakuza and not this like perfect pastor Jesus figure. And so I think he's like, okay, well then whatever, I'm already dirty. Like there's no going back from this. Um, I, That's also so judgmental for a people. They yeah. can't, can't help. I, I mean, most people don't wake up and think like, I want to be a trashy person. Right. right. It's like the circumstances of your birth are so often like things mm-hmm. that, like beyond your control. And it's like, it, yeah, it's well, what demeaning. did you, what did you think about his, like, I mean, cause he ends up getting married and then having four children. Well, he doesn't. So it kind of parallel. There's so many side characters we haven't hardly mentioned, yes. but like it kind of it parallels his life with a guy named uh, Haruko, his best friends with Mu uh, Muzazu, who was bullied as a child. His father left the house because his brother um, is uh, what's the best way to put this? His he has the, just mental deficiencies and like, and he, I think even it said like a physical deformity. Yes, like, he does. So he's head. got his own things going on, and it's like he talks about like he's also like a closet homosexual there's like all this Mm -hmm. stuff and he talks about like you know like i would kill myself but i can't do that to the people that need me like my wife and my brother like i can't do that where noah's literally like well my mom showed up because like after all these years like like, cole hansu finds him he talks to his mama for like five minutes and it's like hey i'm gonna see you tomorrow 
And then, like, she gets a call the next day. And it's like, oh, like, he actually killed himself in the middle of the night. That that I, was the part where I about dropped the the thing I was putting away in the kitchen. It shocked the heck out of me. I was see so, that's funny because I was I mean I was surprised obviously, but I just was like he didn't care about anything. Like he yeah. didn't he didn't like what he was doing. He didn't really even like his wife. Like he I guess he cared about his kids. He only showed us one like uh, one scene with his kids, but right. I don't know. It was just whatever. Like I said, that parallel between him where he was just like, I, you know, I can't do it to these people. And so, where his was so like, well, I, I don't, I don't want is, you to find out. This is where I have a theory. Okay. And I was so upset by this because the other thing that really upset me is they specifically said that he married this woman who had been like in good standing in community from a great family, but was kind of like dishonored. When her father, who was a physician, killed himself. I shut up. I totally forgot about that. Yes. So I, it was really bothering me. I was like going over it and over it in my mind. Like also that he just straight up lies to his mom. Okay. He hadn't lied before. He was very black and white. Like I am like, I can't see you right now. Like you've dishonored yourself, whatever. And then he disappears but he never lies and says like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. When he sees his mom in his office, he literally is like, I'll call you later or whatever it is. So I get that he didn't give her her number or whatever, but he probably had it or could get it or whatever. And so I'm like looking online and trying to see all of these theories of like why he killed himself. Like, I mean, I I guess it's very straightforward of why he did it, but there's actually a theory that says that he so if you remember Hansu like begs her like begs her not to go and he's like you can even go tomorrow just don't go right now and she's like well why does it matter oh, right. what's the difference the between today and tomorrow she gets out whatever and then he there's several mentions that he has to see like a very important person later um and then also there's like when we'll get into the mazazu side in a little while but like everyone's like no like mazazu's like an amazing person he's great he's so and like the the guy that mazazu works with is like they work in pachinko but they're not yakuza they're like people love them whatever and at some point somebody's like no matter what when you work in pachinko like you have to play the roles of the that game like you gotta you know do a few things just this that's just the way it works type of thing so the theory is that he didn't actually kill himself that the yakuza figure out who he is and that he's korean because his boss said that he does not hire koreans he only hires japanese or whatever finds out that's who the meeting was right after his mom leaves and then in a roundabout way they end up killing him and then they call it a suicide that's the, the- that's another theory my so my qualm with that is that the right at the very beginning his whenever he remember he gets that promotion and his boss is like oh like i thought he was korean yeah. get go but as long as but as long as he doesn't make it a big deal he, he says it's like okay it's fine like, yeah you know 
basically it's like you know don't announce it but that's true but also i just took it as like he was so like the whole the reason he left home initially was like he was it was so shame yes because of his parentage and he was yeah mad they lied to him and now it's like his entire adult life is built on this mm-hmm. lie. His the lie that yeah. his parents are dead, the lie that yeah. he is Japanese. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, nothing he's told his wife, his coworkers, like mm-hmm. none of that's true. And so I took it more as like, and, and that to me is way more understandable. Where it's like, yes, everything's literally fixing to come crumbling down. Like I'm gonna have to tell yeah. my kids. Like, hey, remember how we went to Korea? Like, that's your actual homeland. That's the other crazy thing is that he was visiting Korea. So just one more thing for my theory, because it makes me feel better to believe this theory, is that, one, he continued to visit uh, Isaac's grave. Mm -hmm. Two, he went back to Korea, I think, twice. Okay, so he was warming up, like, to maybe maybe reintroduce that stuff into his life i don't know but three kohansu is maybe the most powerful yakuza in tokyo so if somebody finally figured out that he was kohansu's son he could have been killed because of that as his only heir as like a beef with them i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm not okay yes i see where you're getting that from (laughs) However, I don't think so. There's no way. Think yeah. about it. His entire, he's going to have to tell everybody that he lied about everything. His I get wife, it. I don't want to be married to him anymore because she's married to somebody that's inferior, you know, quote, inferior to her. Then Min Jin Lee is truly. Their, their last name is a lie. I, I mean, know. I just can't. Min just... Jin Lee really is cruel then to do. Th- that's the other thing that I. Oh, the certainly. one hiccup here that I didn't like is like you said we got this like side uh, inside look into Mizazu's you know best friend and his wife right that like kind of goes down I didn't like that very much to be honest with you I thought that would it could have been cut out I thought it was interesting yes it was the grand scheme of things yeah it was a lot um, and again, it was coloring all different shades of this culture, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But I only bring that up to say that after Noah kills himself, you don't hear one single word about what happens to his wife and his kids. And I would have preferred right, to pick up that thread. Yes, there. I would have preferred that. Like, I mean, Sinjin even mentions that she like never reaches out to them. Because she knows that Noah wouldn't have wanted her to or whatever. And it just makes me feel so sad. Because at some point, and especially as a mother of four, like, it was talking about how for his wife, like, she fell in love with Noah very quickly. Like, she truly loved him. They had these four little kids, like, step stools. Like, boom, boom, boom. And that she since she didn't really have a tribe of her own she just made her like she made her own little tribe with these kids and that she was like constantly going around like had a baby on her back and the two in the stroller and all this thing and it was just so relatable in a way that I was like no I want to hear what happens to her and how she's processing this and 
what she thought about. I wonder, was that like a, at that point, was it another shameful thing for her? Or was it just kind of like. Well, now her children are going to have to live with the same thing she did. I just can't imagine how depressing that would be. If your father kills himself and then you're the only good part there is that she still has her mother. She's not totally alone in the world. The agoraphobic, that one? Uh, I don't know. Was I'm she pretty, agoraphobic? I'm pretty sure that's what it said. Like, she wouldn't uh, leave the great. house. Great. Well, I mean, so, but, yeah. There, I, a, Minjin, we need to talk about this. That's all I'm saying. Lot. I mean, but th- that this is, again, at the same time where I was like, but I, this is real life. Like, it felt like I can see these kind of things yeah. happen. Like, some of them are, of course, a little bit more extreme, like, mm-hmm. But, like, somebody, like, choosing to kill themselves for, right. you know, something that's felt so important to them. But on the outside to another person, it's like, oh, that doesn't seem to be, you know, but it's like, uh, so, I don't right. know. There's just so many times where, again, I just was like, maybe Noah's going to come home and him and Mazazu are going to, they're going to own pachinko parlors together. I know. You know and it's like, nope. No. Actually, Actually, no. Well, let's talk about Muzazu because while all this is going on, Muzazu, who's this like bigger than life kind of character, it was really funny whenever he's in high school and it's like when he's pissed off at somebody, he will literally just fight them. And so everybody leaves him alone because he like will break his face. No, he doesn't care. But there's a point where Sunjin is like kind of thinking to herself how like he's not a violent kid like he just has mm-hmm. to do that and i'm like okay only a mother would be like <laughs> well she's not- like he he's got a he's got to fight off the bullies like he's not the bully he's yeah. defending himself <laughs> which maybe he like, is but well yeah, he, I, he definitely maims a few people totally. i mean he is like he's he's yes. korean and like a in primarily japanese school yeah. and he's you know uh, Haruko, who is Japanese, is literally like the bottom of the totem pole, and like he's, yes. you know what I mean. So it's like surely these Korean folks. I thought that was really, really funny. Um, eventually, he meets a girl named Yumi, and I really liked their relationship. And like, I thought that that little snippet of them like learning English together and how the proposal they scene was so freaking cute. I really yes. was like, oh, we-. like this story had so many like arranged marriages and like. I don't really want to be married because I'm gay, but I'm going to marry yeah. you anyway. Like yeah. all this kind of like situational. So this was like a nice, like marrying yes. for love, like from the get go. <sighs> Unfortunately. <laughs> well, two we, years later. No, no I, this that. is, this is another quote that I really liked that I highlighted was uh, Yumi dies after getting hit by a car, which just, I'm like, why? Why is this family cursed? They need I mean, the tragic suffering. They really do have both sides where they've like, the in the end, they end up rising to this really incredibly high wealth level, especially Mizazu, who ends up being like a millionaire because of how good he is at running pachinko parlors. But when Yumi dies, it says she was his lover, but more than anything, she was his wise friend. He could never replace her, and he felt he had done her a great injustice by not having told her this. And I'm just like, oh, no. Tell the people you love. It's so sad. And then... The big thing, too, like her California dream. And yes. That that to me made so much sense for us. Like, sometimes you'll think, like, oh, like, I'll I'll get get around to it. Like, it'll eventually happen. And then it's just too late, and you're like, wow, that Mm. really sucks that I didn't prioritize that. 
uh, yeah. And then, I mean, you do kind of get the glimpse of like, what would their life really have been? Because their son, Solomon, when he grows up, he, his dad is like hell bent that he's going to go to like an Ivy League school, which he does. And ends up bringing home a girlfriend. Hannah, is that her? No. Hannah is the other person no. to talk about. Um, oh, my. Uh, hold on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a million characters. Phoebe? Phoebe. Hensel ends up bringing home Phoebe. And, like, she's so insanely different than all of these Koreans that had been raised in Japan. It's just unreal. And well, I, let's just get there when we get there. I'm like, there's, I thought there's a little chapter. Uh-huh. I now I will tell you, in my critiques that I was reading online, people felt basically that the story kind of could have stopped at Mazazu. And yeah. part of me, I I really like Solomon's part. Yeah, but I could I could kind of see it where it's like we're kind of there, there's whole new problems and new eras because we went through the wars and the poverty and now yep. we're getting to the wealth and then we're still you know we're still climbing we're still getting uh-huh. there because solomon i mean like it it focuses on him uh and his two relationships one of which is relationships that says i was like his kind of stepsister it's uh, not really because they don't marry right mazazu and Whatever I think his... eventually he does call her his stepmom, so maybe they do eventually get married. I don't know. I I disagree with those commenters. I think you need Solomon because you need the flip side of a child born into the new money, but who is still being targeted. Like as a, yeah, right. it shows just how ridiculous it is. Of like this person comes from millions. He had a pop star at his 16th birthday. Like he is from all of this new new money. Born and raised in Japan. Like knows nothing but Japanese. Honestly, doesn't even speak Korean very well. How how dare they? He said he couldn't communicate with his grandma. I was like, (sighs) how dare you do this? I I guess Sunjin like spoke Japanese to him. I don't know because it says she Sunjin lost her. It says she lost her Japanese once she quit working at the market. And it says at one point, maybe, I don't think it's Sunjin, but it's the great-grandma. What's her name? Oh, Yunjin. Yes. She, that she that can't speak to him. Okay, like, yeah. There, so, yes. Like, there's no cultural like, yeah. communication crossing over here. And, I mean, I, I know plenty of people that can't even speak to their grandparents because they can't, like, speak Spanish or whatever. It's just shocking that they're close. I mean, yes, it's, it's one so thing, close. you know what I mean? Like, if you live in another country or maybe they live far they enough away in that a you don't different, see them frequently. Well, they do live in a big city. They live in different cities. Remember? At one point, though, remember they live... Well, no, I guess that's Sunjin that lives there with him. Yeah, Sunjin and him. Sunjin basically raises him after Yumi dies. But yeah, that part was crazy. Um, And I I think that Solomon is very necessary. Now, the character that I literally hated the most out of this entire book and who I felt like Min Jin Lee was still trying to, like, assuming we would have some kind of sympathy or like her or something was Hannah. Was his stepsister, who's older, who kind of like grooms him, uses him, and throws his, throws him away whenever yeah. he's sixteen I put, years I put, old. I put abuses him by coercion. Yes, 
man, she was so messed up. Like, I understand. This is the, one of the things that she taught. First of all, um, this author, it, she's got to hate. She's got to hate Japanese folks. I mean, I kind of hate that, but whatever. I tell you, she throws these Japanese folks. The main people that she highlights, um, the character-wise, that are Japanese are either one. Uh, you know somebody uh, Haruko who I already mentioned uh-huh. you know, has got his own stuff and then it's whatever the wife's name is and she was like an outcast because uh-huh. she had affairs yes. and then it's Hana who began like later works in brothels like they're all and the woman whoever Noah marries um, because and, and she was an outcast because her father committed suicide so she really yeah. shows like people that are basically like stepped on like you know under the uh-huh. the <laughs> the good Japanese folks you know what I mean like under their feet kind of thing and like she really showcases like look at here like the J- Japanese people are like targeting folks left and right for like who they hate and who's not you know like um who's just seen as like the haves and the haves nots of the society yeah. where I Hannah, could I not stand her? Yes, but at the same time, is she a product of her environment, of her mother leaving her? And mm-hmm. like, she then suddenly, not only is her mama looked down on, but like, I'm sure like she can't go to school without being like ridiculed, being probably like the whore's daughter or like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. I was like, I, I see like why you kind of hate your life. And like, like, obviously, she also seemed to have some other stuff going on. And she made some really poor choices but I was like yeah I can see you know easily influenced <sighs> yeah I was glad that I was glad when him and Phoebe broke up that was clearly not mm-hmm. a good relationship and if I was Phoebe uh, my tail would have been out of there when I like couldn't have a job and couldn't speak to anybody and like had no friends um but since we're short on time here uh, eventually Solomon is let go from his job after he's kind of manipulated by this Japanese bro at his big like he works at like a big finance company and he kind of brings Solomon under his wing because he thinks he can use them and to in a deal where he needs to coerce a co- old Korean lady my question for you is, do you think that uh, the Pachinko guy, whose name has escaped me, who Mazazu like, used to work with, what's his name? Goro. Goro. Do you think that Goro uh, put a hit on that old lady? I took this book at face value. He said mm. she was 93 years old. <laughs> I, I took it as, you know what? You're probably right. She probably did just up and die one day. Because sometimes coincidences happen. And it also, it made sense to me where I'm like, oh, like, I do really think that they're right. Where it's like, uh-huh. they just didn't want Noah to be there. Not yeah. Noah. What's his name? Um, Solomon. Yes. Where I, I felt like, oh, that seems believable to me. Where it's like, like the whole time, like all she's shown is that no matter what, you're going to be discriminated against. Like, yeah. Your, your circumstances really don't matter. Like, you're always going to be seen as, like, the type of people that would, like, have pigs in your house. Like, even if those pigs are in your house because you can't let them die or somebody's going to kill them in the middle of the night. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, this keeping you from starvation. Like, we're going to look down on you for it. So, I think that she just up and died. I don't think she was killed. What do you think? I agree with you. Mainly because she had already signed and, and 
and delivered like she had already sold to Goro. Like she died after the deal. And sometimes too, I, I think it's right where it's like I there's a certain type of person that could ask me to do something and it's gonna be like a absolutely not. And then yep. somebody else could come and ask me and it might be an absolutely yes, like mm-hmm. or I, or maybe a tentative yes, maybe not absolutely yes, but you know what I mean? Like I'm more <laughs> willing to do something. Totally. So, that makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, I liked that it ended with him being like, I think I'm going to go in the pachinko business. I feel like, yeah, it was just the perfect thing of like, it's it's th- three steps forward and two steps back. And um, there's been, uh, like in, I just recently read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And she talks a lot about how like, when she was growing up, her dad and her mom were always very much like you're black so you have to do absolutely everything that the white people and the white kids are doing but you can never make a mistake and like you have to be like next level perfect just to get anywhere near their success level and it's so true of just the ideas that people have and how it keeps you down it just pushes you down as hard as you're fighting against it i one of my favorite parts though was at the very like the last like little bit of the book was like back to sunshin and call hansu had already you know again was like well my wife died can we get together i was like son you are 90 years old crazy let it go sir you've it really actually almost makes you sad that somebody is so like desperate yeah, and just doesn't understand. Just like absolutely does not understand her at all. No. And, and what makes this woman tick? And I'm like, son, you just missed it. Sunjin is not a prize to be won. <laughs> right, like leave her alone, please. Even though actually, I thought it was very interesting. Multiple times throughout her life, you know, she would look like think to him and like, I don't want to think of him like this. But at the same yeah. time, like he was so handsome, and you know, and like, and he showed me. Like, affection that no one else had. But then she also would, like, parallel that with, like, well, Isaac also loved me so dearly. And, you know, I'm like, oh. Well, she says at some point that it's, like, if Hanzu had not impregnated her, Isaac probably would not have asked yeah, her. Yeah, would have just went on going. Yeah, because Isaac never even planned on getting married anyway because he was so sickly. It, it almost had no... I guess that's why Minjin Lee probably doesn't have any, like flirtation at all between the two of them because Isaac was literally just focused on like service and not I just dying. Find that so hard to believe. I mean certain parts of it, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh like twenty how old was he? Twenty five or twenty six year old man. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no you won't I don't know. I don't know. I, I think so, but if you paint it in the fact that he was literally on his deathbed dying of tuberculosis, they even said when they got married, like, Sinjin had been, like, cleaning up his diarrhea and his vomit and all of this stuff where I think that he had seen her. I, there wasn't enough time between him getting well and hit, and to, to have a Florence Nightingale type thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that's that's why. But anyway, like, without Hanzu, she wouldn't have Noah who was like the light of all of their lives for a long time. And she wouldn't have Mizazu and 
She wouldn't if have she, come to Japan. She, Kevin, she would have up and died back in Seriously. Korea, single. Yes. And uh, prob- her and her mama, you know what I mean? Like, they'd have been yeah. turned out of their little place. But, yeah, at the very end, she writes, or she says, like, you know, like, you know, she's probably, like, close to death, and she's old and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And she's, like, talks about how she misses her youth. And, you know, and she thinks back on, like, her parents and, like, I don't know, I guess her little upbringing. And I was just thinking, like, how sweet that was. I just was like, oh. And I, she never goes back to Korea that we know of. No. I think, I mean, they they really skirt past the Korean War in this book. They really don't mention a whole lot about it. Um, there is a storyline where, yes, where Kim is, like, very into Kyunghee and wants her to marry him and i was like all for that until he was literally like hey just leave uh, uh, just leave now and let's go back to north korea and i'm like yankee you have I now been blessed looking on the other side like please seriously please don't go to north korea. i know i was really i didn't think that Kyunghee had it in her to do yoseb like that even though he was a turd at that point but Oh, oh yeah, no, but... I never thought she was gonna leave. I thought he was gonna no. stick around until yes he died. So I was surprised that he just was like, "No, I'm gonna go into the Cultural Revolution." See ya. I know. I mean, I guess that's supposed to represent a whole like swarm of people who did just that, mm-hmm. but that was crazy. I'm like, y'all, you have you have like a such a sweet deal. You're Hanzu's right hand man. You are like. I mean, he I was, guess well, he was living them. up underneath her. So yeah, that was just too like it was too much. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed. I'm not gonna lie, every single storyline they threw in there. Amaya, yeah. you're right. Haruko's wife. See, her perspective was the hardest to see and uh-huh. the most like unnecessary. But I really did enjoy everybody's. Oh, when super it super interesting. And when we were talking about adult content specifically. I guess because it was the 70s <laughs> like she this woman literally like wanders into a park where all of these people are having sex with each other and she just the, the voyeurism I just yes. was like my gosh girl get out of there well and also showing like the the prude nature of a lot of these Japanese women I guess at the time where I mean she didn't even think twice about the fact that she had absolutely no sex drive i don't know it like kind of this like awakened something in her and i don't know that whole thing was so just sad to me i wrote down in all caps like i can't believe what's going on i (laughs) know i just knew i just i'm like haruko i know he's over there i know it i know and i but i also like did feel uh so grateful for her because she was so willing to she care for his brother, brother like his oh my child gosh. and I, again it was like goes back to like a, a woman's job or it's like a woman's lot is to suffer and how it was now her responsibility to do everything for this grown man who she had no like she just gave up her whole life and then she to do says, that like she worked um so how they how Haruko even met this gal is that she worked for his mom and she's like yeah I didn't yep. like that job <laughs> yeah didn't want to do that uh, did the mom is she the one that suggested that they get married I can't yes says it, I can't remember yes she's like you should marry her she'd be a good wife for you yeah and she ends up being oh, a good wife a, for him that's so sad though, all intents like, and purposes yeah so sad yeah there's just no 
you're right. She doesn't even understand. There's like no lost love between them. She's just kind of like along for the ride. Let's roll. Yep. Anyway, can I can't wait to watch this show, and I also am pretty sure that Jared's gonna love it too. Graham, I read the subtitles. This sounds dumb. I'm like, listen here. You don't have to watch it. I won't be watching it. I, by the way, did you realize that um, Hannah, what she ends up dying from? I thought it was AIDS. Yeah. Well, it didn't even dawn on me. And then I was like, oh, like the late yeah. 80s. Like, was I was AIDS. like okay, I see it. She brought they, in some heavy topics. Yeah. As soon as they talked, started talking about the, the lesions and other stuff, I was like, oh. And the fact know. that she was kind of a pariah. And nobody wanted to talk to her. But bless Sunjin coming and visiting her in the hospital. And Conky said, well, they, they would hold my hands and say prayers to oh. me. That's another thing. I could, I was actually genuinely shocked that they like, held like to their yeah. like Christian faith throughout. Or specifically Sunjin. Totally. Totally. I thought, I did think it was interesting where at some point Hannah was like, yeah, I'm just not good. And, and Solomon's like, you are good. You are a good person. And I'm like, but she's not. <sighs> Can you tell she, it to somebody on their deathbed, though? I guess not. But, like, he was just really think, so enamored with her until yeah. the bitter end. If I was his girlfriend, that would have driven me absolutely I'm bonkers. trying to think. She was... I gotta think about what makes her so horrific. Because I... I she, she was, just was so... Childlike. It, it was just was so selfish. Oh my gosh, and just used everybody. I guess the their one thing that I respected her for is that she didn't even want her mom's money. Like she was mm-hmm. burning her whole life down, but she wasn't trying to take advantage of her doing it on her own. Yeah, she was doing it on her own time. She was an alcoholic. I mean, all of these horrible things. And usually that drives people to be like, you know, shaken right, down. Need others and Yes, and that wasn't Hannah. Hannah seemed to just really want control of her own insane life. Thanks. I mean, these folks are some parallels. Like, I'm thinking, like, her and Noah. And, yeah. Like, that's just, like, very similar. Just, like, you're right. Like, do you just hate yourself and you don't want to receive Seriously. one ounce of no. joy? No. We've ta- I've almost felt like we've talked, like, this book is so heavy. The book is freaking great there is some heavy stuff but there's great stuff i yeah. love the sprawling storyline i love the family tree i yep. loved every bit of this oh i loved it too oh, and great we'll be back next time probably with red rising actually we'll be back next time with our review of the pachinko tv <gasps> series right. um and then shortly thereafter we'll review red rising which is a YA uh, sci-fi book and I love it it's really good um you don't touch that dial if you enjoyed this please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify it helps us so much and we love you for it uh, and we're also over on Instagram at One Page More Podcast. Give us a follow, send us a DM, but let us know if you agree with what we said or if you absolutely hated our takes. We're here for it all. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. See ya.